Hello, everybody. Thanks for coming by. This is a Medic's Mind, the podcast, and this is an ode to my brain. You really let me down again, big guy. Oh, see, now that's cold. That's a betrayal. I feel stung by that. That's exactly how I felt this afternoon when I lay down to have a nap. See, as an adult, I think naps are sort of a commodity. We love them, right? I mean, am I wrong in that? You know, we live busy lives, you know, and and it's nice to have that, that, you know, unexpected, unplanned nap where you lay down on the couch and you get to fall asleep for a little while. It's a great thing. It really is. Unless you possess a brain like mine. And then, well, then it just becomes adventure sleeping. What's adventure sleeping? Adventure sleeping is a, a term that I've coined and utilized as uh, when I talk about nightmares. Um, this afternoon, I didn't plan to have a nap, but I've been fighting a, a headache all day. And uh, just generally been feeling a little bit under the weather today. Not really feeling too well. I didn't sleep well last night. No nightmares, just not really sleeping all that well. And today I ended up uh, reading some of my book. Uh, I'm reading Don Quixote, which is actually a very funny book. Uh, I highly recommend it if you haven't read it and it's not on your shelf. You should definitely pick it up. It's well well worth the read. But anyway, I, I picked up this book and, uh, and I was reading that and I, and I started to feel the heaviness of slumber come on. And I was like, you know, I could probably deal with a nap. I could probably use one. You know, I'm tired. I didn't sleep well. Uh, maybe if I, I'll set an alarm just in case. And uh, and then I lay there for a few minutes. And I, I, you know, my eyes were starting to hurt a little bit just from the headache that I was having. And so I closed my eyes and I, I started to drift off. I felt the weight of slumber, you know, the weight of fatigue kind of wash over me, which was it was nice at first. Um, and then as I started to fall asleep, uh, the side of my face became very warm. And there was, I think, a very split second, very ephemeral moment when my brain sort of said, I think I remember saying it to myself, actually, you're you're dreaming. But unfortunately, I, that wasn't enough to wake me up. And then all of a sudden, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I mean, I was dreaming, but it didn't feel like a dream anymore. So the heat on the side of my face uh, felt like the the heat of the sun. It felt like the sun coming in through a window. And I knew that to be an impossibility because, well, for one, I wasn't near a window. And for two, there really was no sunshine today. We had a, a beautiful veil of clouds with some minor snow here and there, but uh, really not a warm day, at least not one that can provide you with such warmth on the face. You know, it's it's not a caressing of the sun. But I knew exactly where that feeling had come from. I knew where, where it was coming from. And, uh, and, and unfortunately it set me right back into a dream of a call that I'd been to. I started dreaming about the boy. Now, uh, the boy is somebody that I've not really addressed on the podcast and I'm going to be very, um, nondescript when I talk about it here because I'm not really ready to dive into the intricacies of that. But, uh, the day that the call came in, it's based on a real call that I went to as a paramedic. Uh, the day the call came in, it was in the, in the middle of summer and I was sitting in the passenger side of the ambulance and I could feel the heat coming in from the sun and it was resting on the right side of my cheek. And, uh, and post that day, that is one of the first 
things that I feel when I'm having a nightmare is an insane heat on the side of my face. And then everything else starts to progress from there. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened today when I lay down to have a nap. I was betrayed by my own brain, hence the little comical intro uh, or soundboard at the beginning of this podcast. Um, I'm trying, I generally, I use humor a lot with relation to uncomfortability uh, as a nice deflection tool. Um, but it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's nice to be able to make light of something, um, which is why I'm going to try and keep the details of the call light because I don't have that ability yet. I don't have that skill yet to be able to navigate through the details of that call while remaining completely uh, lighthearted or objective. It's still very real to me. I mean, in the moment sitting on the couch, it felt like I was back yeah, on that call. It felt like I was right there again. And it's a hor- it was a horrible call. Um, I've labeled him the boy. That is, that's how I've addressed him in therapy. And that's how I've addressed him in my mind. Because he was a boy. He was 14 years old. That's it. Uh, he was an adolescent with boyish features. You know, he wasn't... A, he was, you know, you can't really say he's progressing into manhood. In reality, he was, but his features didn't reflect that. He was very, you know, very adolescent features, very um, diminutive, um, tall, lanky, skinny. Um, but this poor boy died by way of suicide uh, in his basement, and uh, and it was my call. That was uh I was calling on on a summer summer afternoon uh, near the end of my shift. Uh, it was actually one of the last calls that I went to uh, for the day. Um, I actually think it was the last call that we ended up going to just because paperwork took uh, so long. Um, and, and scene departure also took some time as well. We did not transport this boy to the hospital. We ended up declaring him uh, deceased on scene. And, uh, and that's... I I never enjoyed declaring people on scene in a roundabout way, and I know this may sound terrible, but I always felt like if we took the person to the hospital and the hospital staff made the declaration, then it it wasn't it wasn't my loss. It wasn't me. You know, we we worked him all the way to the hospital. He wasn't declared dead, so therefore technically he was alive. And so I pass the onus of responsibility off to them. And, uh, and sometimes that's how it worked out. Sorry, I'm just slamming phones around. So sometimes it's how it worked out. Uh, and other times it's not, that's not how it worked out at all. Um, sometimes we, they were beyond our help and they're dustly. We don't transport. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we declared on scene and this was, one of those cases and it was made, you know, a little more, um, poignantly complex just due to age and circumstance, uh, behind this, uh, this poor boy's departure. And, uh, you know, it's, it is hard. It, it is really difficult, um, to, to go through those calls and then to just go home at the end of the day. It's not easy to just shut everything off. And, uh, and there's a lot of things about that call that I'm skipping over and glossing over, that have stuck with me and have remained a stuck point for me. Uh, and I dream about this boy often. Um, I see him often. There are times that I see him 
at the end of my bed, he's hanging by a rope at the end of my bed and I feel like I need to reach out and save him. But the thing is, my body acts that out. I physically move, I physically do that, but there's nobody there. And so a lot of times I end up um, falling from the end of my bed onto the floor. Um, and and then I'm very confused because one minute I'm in a basement trying to help this kid and the next minute I'm you know, falling to the floor and, the, and then I'm in a strange apartment that I don't recognize for a second, even though it's mine. Uh, so it's for me, safety wise, uh, I have to have a lot of lights on when I sleep, a lot of, uh, a lot of night lights throughout the, throughout the apartment. And, uh, I think that's probably another reason why I think, uh, I'm nervous to even ever start dating again to, if I do have a, a girl come over to spend the night, I'm petrified that, you know, uh, when the conversation evolves to the point where I say, yeah, these lights have to stay on. Um, I just don't think that, well, for one, I don't think that's a conversation that I really want to have with anybody. Uh, the luxury of having it here on the microphone is the fact that, yeah, I don't have to look at your judgments. I'm not saying that you are judging me. That's not my perception of what somebody would be thinking or feeling with me saying that. I'm not, that came out wrong the first time. I hope you understand. I'm not thinking that you guys are judging, but there's a, there's a protection. There's a layer of protection here with me talking into this and then you hearing it. Sometimes you hear days later. So I'm days removed from the confession uh, of my peculiarities. And, uh, you know, today, um, Na- like naps are naps are supposed to be something we look forward to, especially as adults. Like I said at the beginning, and unfortunately for me, it turns into adventure adventure sleeping, and uh, and I I I was I was betrayed by my brain again. I lay down, instantly felt the heat um, on the side of my face, and then I had that split split fleeting millisecond of of knowledge that I was about to have this this poor you know, experience of sleep. And, uh, and then, I, and then it was too late by that time. I had already fallen through, you know, the thin layer of reality and into, and into the, the realm of post-traumatic stress disorder and sleep. And, uh, and then I was there, I saw the boy again. Um, so, you know, that's how my Friday has been so far. I've seen a dead kid hanging by a rope. Um, that's not a it's not a fun way to spend or start a weekend. And on top of having a headache, I don't get headaches very often. Uh, but they are one of my more vexing uh ailments when it, you know, like some people hate colds, some people hate the flu the most. You know what I mean? For me it's headaches. I hate headaches. I'd rather have gastro issues than a headache. You know what I mean? And it, it could be a minor headache and I still loathe and detest it. So it's not been a very pleasant day for me. Um, I've uh, been pretty much cooped up inside for most of the day. I did get out and go for a walk. I had to go to the grocery store and I was able to kind of convince myself to do that. And that was pre, pre-nap, pre-dream. Because I, I post-dream, there's no way. Uh, there's certainly no way that I would have gone and chosen to be around a group, a mass of people. Uh, especially indolent shoppers and uh you know, the careless masses of the general public. There's no way. There is absolutely no way that I would have done that uh, post-nap. And I don't even know how long I was napping for. It wasn't that long because, you know, obviously we lose daylight quite, quite quickly in the, in the winter months, uh, even though days are technically getting longer. Uh, But 
you know, it was still kind of gray outside when I when I woke up. So I don't think I, I don't think it was all that long. Maybe uh, you know, let's call it a max of an hour, right? Um, but uh, you know, it's a shitty way to wake up. It's a really shitty way to get up and try to navigate the rest of the day. And I, I've kind of been pondering throughout the day of, of how I wanted to do this. If I even wanted to come on and do a podcast, because one minute I did want to, the next minute I was like, no, my head hurts too much. So I don't even have my my laptop screen flipped open right now to see the the recording. So I can't even see the little errors or blips or blops. So I apologize for the sound quality. If it is bad, I apologize. But uh, my eyes just can't handle the, uh, you know, the, the illuminated screen, you know, raging back. I mean, I just can't handle that right now. So I, um, I, I battled for most of the day, you know, remainder of the day, I should say, as to, uh, how I wanted to stay out of the depression pool. Because, uh, when you, when I, well, for me, when I wake up from a dream like that, um, all of my body, physical and otherwise, feels as though I had just run that call again. It's, it's as though I was just there 20 minutes ago in this kid's house working on him. It's, it doesn't feel like a distant memory. It doesn't feel like it's a years ago thing. It really feels as though this call happened today, as though I just came home from a shift on the ambulance and that was my call. It feels that real and that tangible. Uh, it's, and it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, I've seen, I saw that once and it was heartbreaking then and to constantly be forced by my brain, you know, the one thing that is supposed to control me and then I'm supposed to have some mastery over it. Uh, the one thing I can't escape from, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. It betrays me and makes me see him and that circumstance all over again. You know, seeing a dead 14 year old hanging by a rope is terrible to see once. It's absolutely fucking grotesque to see time and time again. And to see it with the the vividness of, of thinking that it's real. You know, it's like ultra high definition, 4K resolution. It's real. It's, it's, I'm there again. And when I come back from that trip, you know, to hell, or from hell, when I come back and I'm confronted by the real, my reality, the real reality of being in my apartment, years removed from the call, uh, a few years into therapy now, and newly anointed into sobriety. It's a real, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to digest. And it's really hard to not fall down into despair. Especially when you're alone in your apartment because you don't really have anybody else to talk to. You don't have the luxury of, of saying, honey, holy shit, this is awful. Uh, I, oh, wow. You know, you, you don't really have that. I have a pillow, guys. That's what I got. And, you know, I'm not saying that because that's my go-to. I'm just saying that if there was something to go to, that's it, a pillow. And unfortunately, my pillow betrayed me too because it... It helped lure me into the land of slumber, and it was a it was a betrayal for me, and uh, it sucked. So I've been trying to figure out what to do for the for the for the day, uh, in trying to trying to feel nicer things, trying to combat things, and get back to feeling uh, a little easier. Uh, I I didn't have any appetite. Um, I think part 
in mixture with having a headache and not feeling 100%, but certainly most definitely attributed to this horrible uh, imagery, this, this, that, that scene that I'd been to, that, that dream that I'd had about the boy. That definitely uh, will take your appetite and steal it in a in a heartbeat. But I knew that I I knew that I have to like you know the body has to eat. You have to have nourishment. I know that, and so I sit here and I I convince myself to eat. So I you know I put a pie in the oven and a uh, pie came out and then the pie got cold because I just I couldn't. I put my fork in it. I you know maybe took a. Just, uh, you know, the tiniest of, of bites, you know, probably like one of those models on the runway that want to eat. So they smell a carrot, you know, <laughs> um, I've, I've been trying is what I'm saying. Uh, and the other thing that I will tell you right now that I've been doing to try and uh, alleviate some of the burden that I feel of, of having that call relive itself today is I've been doing and and reminiscing on happier times. Uh, last night I had a conversation with with my best friend from high school, Drew. Uh, this guy's my all-time best friend for life. Uh, I, I love the guy to death. And he lives out west still. And uh, and I was having a conversation with him last night. Uh, nothing of, you know, crazy, uh, crazy weighted topics or anything. I mean, you know, we were talking about some stuff for sure, but... Uh, you know, generally it was just a conversation. And, uh, and so what I've done, what we used to, when I was in high school, uh, or junior high school, because the junior high school was just up the road from my place. And what we would do is I would, the night before I would record that 70s show, uh, it had just come on TV and was in the early stages of its, uh, you know, of its, of its success, right? It was in season one and it was the hot new show. We loved it. So what I would do, uh, is I would record it. And we would come home at lunch hour uh, and and we would sit in my room at lunch hour eating our lunches, watching that 70s show. And I remember thinking how great a time that was. And it seems even more so now because my mom was downstairs and those memories that I have of my mom being alive and well uh, are so incredibly special to me. Um, it's, it's so, it's painful, but it's, it's also uh, nice to think of my mom, my beautiful mom, alive and well, and and hearing hearing her alive downstairs, hearing her move around, make a tea, you know, you know that little spark of the the lighter to the cigarette. Even though I hated that she smoked, but uh, those things mean a lot to me now. And the the nostalgia of of thinking about me and my friends, sort of in a more innocent time in my life sitting down watching this show being late for school after lunch hour because we were sitting there watching watching the show um sorry i'm getting a little thinking about that um <clears throat> you know uh, those memories are are so near and dear to me uh you know with with my mom not being here anymore and waking up from something so terrible as that and then thinking about uh, those good times, uh, the juxtaposition is sometimes hard, but it's also necessary um, to try and, and digest more of those good things, uh, to push back the, the bad ones, you know. So uh, what I've been doing today was I, I, I went on Netflix and uh, 
I, I looked for the 70s show and it's on there. So I've, I've, I watched, you know, four or five episodes of that 70s show and, and I came across episodes that I'd forgotten about and uh, like the Halloween episodes and, you know, where Fez is dressed up as Batman. And, and I remember me and my friends just, you know, we would erupt into deep, hearty guffaws over, over this show. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I used to like look around my group of friends and be like, man, which, which one are we? Like who, who's Hyde here? And I always thought my, my buddy Harvey was kind of like Hyde cause he was sort of the, you know, kind of the bad boy of the group and didn't really care. Uh, you know, not the brightest light in the house, you know, and I, I you know, but then, uh, you know, I was like, well, Drew, Drew's my best friend. And I, I feel like Eric Foreman in a way, kind of skinny, goofy, awkward. I was skinny back then uh, and, and definitely awkward. Uh, you know, so I, I started digesting on those, those, you know, ruminations uh, as opposed to allowing myself to f- continue to fall when I'm awake continuing to fall down what I've already been through. I know that the boy is sad. I know that that call is sad and I know intimate details of that call and I know what it's like and where it leads me. And, uh, I didn't want to do that. I, and I, I, I had to do something different because if I had allowed myself to just fall down that pit of, of badness as a consequence of adventure sleeping, uh, I, I, I don't know where I would be today. I don't know what kind of, I might've, honestly, I might just be in bed right now, not sleeping, but ignoring the world. And that's not a way to live. You know, we only have a number of days on this earth from the day that we're born until the day that we are no longer here. There's a finite number of days. It may seem like a lot, but at the end of a life lived, it's just a number of days. And each day that I waste by manacling myself to that bed and and having that that blanket of depression on me where I just don't live I'm wasting that day I'm wasting that moment and I'm wasting parts of me and no amount of doing that is going to change what happened to the boy no amount of that is going to change how sad that is and no amount of that is going to change whether I dream about him in a week or two from now or a month or two from now it could happen and I can't I can't manacle myself to that bad stuff in preparation for that because then I'm just going to waste my life. It's just going to be a wasted opportunity. And, um, and I, I didn't really know how to claw out of that. I didn't really know because I didn't really, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to go to a coffee shop. I, I couldn't read because I couldn't retain anything. I was too jacked up with adrenaline and, and there was just, it's hard to do anything at that moment. I, I didn't even want to sit down and do a podcast because uh, I just I wasn't in the mood for it, and uh, and so I I literally just thought of this. I thought of, I started thinking of home. I started thinking of my mom because I, in moments of despair, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm 35 years old, but in moments of despair, I still have that urge to just call for mom. It's just like mom, take take it away. You know, like I scrape my knee kind of thing. You know, when you, when you fall down, you hurt your knee and the first thing you do is you get up and you run, you run to your mom and you just, you run there, not for any, you just take it away, just take it away, take this sting away. And so when I have these moments where I, I wake up from these horrible things and I realize that I'm alone and I am a product of a failed relationship and, and, and and a career that's injured me and I am many miles from my immediate family 
and my mother is is not around uh it is it is it is earth shattering sometimes and even in the knowledge of knowing that she's not here the very first sort of thing that i have in my head the very first crooning voice says mom mom because it's all i want i just want my mom in those moments and uh you know in 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 life in 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 here she can't be here for me memories of her can be here for me memories of who she was and what she was like and and the times that she did comfort me and then sort of stories that i could say well how would she react right now what what would she do because i can i can sort of transpose that onto what i want to have happen uh, and and sort of create this ethereal dreamlike thing of what would happen uh, but I can't live in a dream world. I can't, you know, so I, I I fully admit to you guys as a first thought I have is I just want to call my mom. And when reality sets in that none of that's happening, I start to, it's, I, especially when I was drinking, I would lose, I would lose any direction. I didn't know what to do in order to break out of what I was feeling. Um, it was sort of like I was holding a compass and it was just spinning. It wasn't in any direction. It was just spinning, spin, 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 spin. And I wasn't going to, and when you look at a compass that's spinning like that, you can't go anywhere because there's no direction to go. So the only thing you do in that moment is panic and, and concede to whatever bad thing is happening. But in reality, you know, the compass isn't a weight. It's not holding you there. You can walk. And maybe if you walk into a clearing, that compass settles down a little and you can find some fucking direction. You can find some place to go. And that's what I did today. I, I, stopped, I, I, I stopped looking at that compass and I just started walking. At first, it was just around my apartment. And my apartment's not very big. It's just a little bachelor studio apartment. It's nothing fancy. And I, I just walked and then I put earphones in and I, I listened to one of my favorite podcasters, Mike Rowe. Um, he's got a, an incredible way of telling stories. And I listened to one of my favorite podcasts that I've listened to his, of his recently where he talks about Bonnie and Clyde. He tells the story of Bonnie and Clyde. But he does it in, in a mysterious way that builds up to Bonnie and Clyde. You don't know what he's talking about until the very end. And, uh, you know, he's got this deep baritone voice that takes you on that journey with him. And so I, I listened to that and then I started thinking about Drew. I was like, you know, I could probably call Drew. That's, I, I could probably call him. I was talking I, because I, you know, talking to him over there yesterday and the day before. And then, uh, and then I started thinking it just popped into my head, that 70s show. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was kind of funny. And, uh, and then I started thinking about American Pie, you know, the movie American Pie had come out when we were in high school and we all went uh, to, to go see that movie. And it was one of the funniest movies I had ever seen in my entire life. And I remember just, just roaring in the aisle with my friends as we watched that movie. And, uh, and it was immediately upon leaving the theater, there was two things said in our group. One, we're buying that movie on VHS when it comes out. (laughs) That's how fucking old I am now. And the other was we made the same pact (laughs) That they did in the movie. They all made a pact in that movie to get laid before they graduated high school. And we all made this pact. And you know what? I was the only one who didn't get laid before we graduated high school. (laughs) I did not. It did not happen for me. Uh, 
you know, that's been rectified now, thankfully. Uh, but it did not happen then. Uh, so I started thinking about those things and slowly, uh, it was not fast. It was not a, it was not a complete, uh, you know, 180 turn. It was, uh, it was slow and, uh, and it was arduous, but a little, little bit by little bit by little bit, I ended up, uh, formulating a new plan, a new feeling. I turned on the TV. I turned on Netflix. And even though I couldn't sit and digest the episodes, I couldn't sit and really enjoy them the way that I, you know, the way that I would if I was just in a, in a normal frame of mind to watch TV, uh, I still had, I still had the ability to, to kind of glance at it. I still paced around my apartment and, uh, I was texting with friends throughout the day as well. And, uh, I, I could have told them what was going on. I just, sometimes I feel like I'm a burden by doing that. I feel like I put so much stuff on the podcast and on the blogs that, and then when I, when I put them out into the ether to share them, I feel like, you know, if I start telling them, Hey, I'm having a really shitty day that I feel like, uh, I feel like it's almost attention seeking. And so therefore I don't, I, I just, but you know, I be the clown. Nobody ever asked the clown why he's, why he's not happy. You ever notice that clowns have a smiley face and a tear, right? Have you ever noticed that on their face paint? It's a smiley face and a tear. To me, that's, that's really poignant symbolism for, you know, when you joke around and you, and you keep things light and you, uh, you know, you're the, you're the jester, you know, you're the joker class clown kind of thing. Um, I got pretty good at using humor as a deflection tool and, uh, um, I, so I was talking to some friends, but I, I never told them what was going on today. Um, and, uh, I just, I, it's been a, it's been a day guys. It's been a really hard day. Um, and I know that's funny because I haven't, unlike a lot of you that are probably listening to this, I didn't work an eight or nine or 10 to 12 to 14 hour day. Uh, I didn't have kids to look after. I didn't have buckets of laundry to do, and I didn't have dinner to make for a family, uh, so it, it may seem very strange. I say this was a hard day because I had a nap on the couch and trust me, the, the perplexity and the irony of, of that statement is not lost on me. Um, it's, it's, it's very, very much there. Um, but that's what I did. That's how I came back from sort of that bad, that bad pit that I was in when I woke up, I woke up in a pit. And, uh, the way I clawed out was very slowly, very surely with Red Foreman calling everybody a dumbass. Answer the question, dumbass. There's the dumbass. And then I'll light my foot off in your ass. How would you like your keen eye to watch my sure foot kick your smart ass? Dumbass. There's my boy. Yeah. So... That that helped. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a perfect solution. It didn't. It wasn't like I said. It wasn't a one eighty. Uh, but then I I decided to look on Netflix and I looked for American Pie, and it turns out uh, that American Pie from beginning to end is on there. Even the really bad ones, uh, the terrible ones that uh, that uh, greedy movie companies decide to just put out and. Uh, have no storyline and have nothing to do with the originals or just stealing the name American Pie. Even those are on there. But the uh, the originals on there and American Reunion is on there. All these all these things from my past um, that that highlight good things in my life. 
uh, times that I was with my friends and having good laughs and my mom was alive and well and jovial and downstairs making tea or yelling at me to shut up because we're laughing too hard. Um, actually, my mom never did that. She never yelled at us for being too loud, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, I think my mom was just fine if she heard her kids laughing. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what I did, folks. That's how I that I it may not be a perfect thing. It may not be a textbook, and it certainly may not be what a therapist uh, might you know tell you to do. And and hell, guys, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling you a story. It's very anecdotal. It's very subjective. But that's what I did today. That's how I came back from from the uh, from the badness of the boy. Um, and that's how I was able to come on here and talk on on this on this microphone and create this podcast episode because I uh, tell you right now that bed was calling for me. Those covers were so enticing, and you know the, that beaded cord of my blinds that I could just shut the world out. It was uh, it was a very strong call to action uh, to get over there, or inaction, I should say, a call to inaction. It was very strong, uh, but I I didn't ignore it. I lamented against it, and uh, despite a directionless compass, today I found my way. And that gives me hope for tomorrow. And as terrible as as dreams are for me, and as much as fear uh, represents a lot of what what I go through when it comes to nighttime routines, um, I I have hope now that I'm able to fight back against them when they're finished. I don't know when they're going to come. I I don't know how to stop them, but I feel like. I did something pretty good today, and uh, and that's all I can do. So that was my day. That was me getting out of the pit of depression, and uh, and that was me reacquainting myself with some really great television because I think most television today is not good. I uh, maybe that's a, maybe that, I think that's an age thing. You know, when you when there's old people that go, oh, this is garbage music. Oh, this is a garbage television show. I feel like I'm already an old guy. I feel like I'm like no, that's a terrible, that's a terrible show. It's a terrible thing. It's awful. That's a stupid thing. You know, I feel like, uh, so I feel like I'm an old guy already, but, uh, you know, who, who knows? Anyway, guys, that's it for me. I'm going to bow out. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And as always, thank you so much for your support. It really does mean so much to me. I sincerely mean that it really does. This isn't like a monetized thing. This isn't uh, my career. Uh, so the fact that you guys take time to listen to me for any sort of purpose means, uh, so much to me. Thank you so much. So if you're out there right now, be safe and thank you for being out there right now. Be safe, be warm. It's supposed to get just ungodly cold out. Uh, it's not, not pleasant. So bundle up, be warm and above all, be safe and keep talking to each other. 